your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And thank you, everybody, for uh, giving me some time off to go visit the great state of Colorado. Uh, yeah, I'm back home now and uh, had an incredible time out there um, and got to see a great avalanche game. Uh, went to some different cities, went to some good restaurants, met some really good people. Um, and all in all, it was, you know, everything I expected it to be topped off with a Colorado avalanche. 62 victory over the San Jose Sharks. So we will discuss that. And is this Avalanche team finally heading in the right direction despite all of the injuries? And are they just starting to play better? We'll talk about that. First things first, follow the show on social media outlets, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Twitter, Locked on Avalanche on on Instagram. Uh, Send questions, comments, concerns, opinions to LockedOnAvalanche at gmail.com. And follow the show's YouTube channel over on YouTube. And as always, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. That is always appreciated. So, yeah, the game itself, you know, a a 6-2 win, but it was slow moving for a little while. And But you just felt good, even though they weren't getting a lot of shots on net. uh, You felt pretty good about how they were playing. And once it, it, they, they did start to get some looks, they were getting good looks. They hit a couple posts or a crossbar, I think. And um, once they got going, it, it's they kind of just took over. And is that what we're kind of starting to see now from the Colorado Avalanche? Um, you know, first of all, the atmosphere in ball arena is, is I, I envy the people <laughs> that get to go see the abs up close and personal. If you live out there uh, on a, a game by game basis, me, I will be seeing them two more times this year. You know, me living where I live in, in New York, when they come to the East coast, I typically go see them this year. They're playing back to back games. They're playing. It's in March. Uh, they're playing the Islanders. And then they are playing the very next day against the Devils. And me and a friend of mine are going to both of those. He's a Devils fan, so him and I are going. I believe Kyle is going. You know Kyle Sullivan, who comes on our show. Uh, I believe he is going to the Devils game. And Alan, if you remember Alan, who he, he he's left us Avalanche fans, but he will always be an Avalanche fan. Uh, he, he runs the Ryan Graves fan page. So we kind of had to to leave a little bit when Ryan got traded. I believe he is going to go to that game as well, the Devils and, and Colorado game. So uh, I will get to see them, uh, you know, a couple times, and I typically do. Like I said, when they come over to the East Coast, but you know, you, you're outnumbered. The Avalanche fans travel well. They do, you know. Whenever I go to those games, doesn't matter if I'm an MSG to see the and then play the Rangers. I've never went to Boston when they when they play the Bruins. Um, but it's typically the, the devils, the Islanders or the Rangers in any one of those arenas, 
there's a good amount of avalanche fans. And that's true for, for Denver sports. Um, even the Broncos, Bronco fans travel very, very well. And avalanche fans are no different. So there, there's a good amount of people in those arenas, but being able to celebrate with, you know, 90% of the rest of the, the crowd there is, is it just takes on a different, you know, when, when you're surrounded by your people, uh, it's just, it, you know, and when, when sometimes people don't like going, if they're the visiting team and they're celebrating them, uh, they don't want to be like, uh, you know, yelled at all game long. <clears throat> I wear my avalanche stuff anyway. I, I don't care. Um, hockey's different. I think some hockey fans are a little bit more tolerant of it than other sports. Uh, but it, it's, it's, it was just great to see plays develop like the, the Logan O'Connor shorthanded goal, uh, where I was sitting, where I was sitting was right off to the side of, uh, if you're, if you're looking at the goalie, I was off to the left in, uh, the section 130. it was 12 rows back. I was kind of right behind where Jake Schroeder sang the anthem for the 1000th time, which was really cool to be there in attendance for that. And it was uh, hockey fights cancer night, which I got my hockey fights, my avalanche hockey fights cancer. If you can see that puck, I know the lighting is a little, there you go on, uh, on YouTube. So I got that. Um, yeah, cool things going on around the arena. So right behind Jake Schroeder, where he sang the national anthem, which I went back on ESPN PN plus to watch the game through the, the telecast. And I don't think on altitude, they showed that. I don't think they did. I don't maybe ESPN cut it out when they, when they re however they do it when they, they showed it, but they had some pregame, but if they did cut it out, it was a little bit disappointing because it was a really, they they gave them a really good ceremony. They had a, a plaque, not a plaque, um, a Jersey, an avalanche Jersey framed. And on the back, it had 1000 for the number and Schroeder, obviously across that he broke down in tears. Like, uh, it was a really good moment. His family was there. Um, and then obviously he sang the anthem. So uh, I, I kind of, if they didn't show that, if they did show it and then just rewatching it on ESPN plus, like I said, if they cut it out, I don't know. Uh, but you know, you guys watching, if you watch it at home, let me know if, if you missed it, it's a shame because it was really good. Um, and I watched, I watched all of the game. On, like I said, on replay, but I was in and out because my kids were, running all over the place. Maybe they did talked about it during the telecast at some point, but I don't remember seeing it. Um, <clears throat> so it's a little bit of a, of a shame that they didn't show that. Uh, but yeah, overall, like when you see things, the, the angle I had for that play specifically, uh, you can, you can see O'Connor just read the play very nicely. And he saw, I can't remember who Pat, I think it was Eric Johnson. I think it was Eric Johnson who passed the buck up the boards. Um, to oh i can't remember i i I want to say i can't remember who it was i gotta look up the who had the two assists on that one but o'connor could could helm it was to helm that's who it was and helm fed him right in in the neutral zone you could see o'connor reading the play as soon as that pass came up to helm and he had a lane and he took it and you know people just stand it's just you get goosebumps thinking about it so uh, I, I will be in attendance for the games when they come here, but it does not compare, obviously, to being there. Um, just the excitement 
when a goal is scored and that the fact that the avalanche got six of them uh just is is it was great uh most of the time when i see the abs they come away with victories I'm not saying it's me they have lost once i went to go see them play the islanders uh this was a couple years ago and they got blown out i think it was 5 or 6 to nothing this is when matt duchane was still there <clears throat> and uh he actually had a puck ring off the crossbar in the first minute or two um and he and and then after that they had nothing and i think it was a f- either 5 or 6 nothing lost to the islanders <clears throat> the islanders were not as as good as they are now the avalanche were expected to do stuff but uh, that was that was a, a horrendous game and a horrendous season. Uh, but you know, for, like I said, for the most part, Avalanche fans travel well, so you do get to celebrate with some of them in the arena. But like I said, clearly nothing like being in the home team's arena. Great atmosphere, uh, great, great arena, <laughs> very clean, awesome sound system. Um, no complaints. No complaints at all. So uh, a a very, very fun time while I was out there. And uh, we'll be back again. I don't know when, but um, did did I, I mean, if I did not have children that go to school out here where I currently live, I'd probably be out there. So, uh, but unfortunately I can't be. But uh, thank you to the people of Colorado. It was a fantastic time. And went to dinner at Elway's too. I, I decided to, we were going out there for my wife and I for celebrating our anniversary on top of other things, wanting to go to an avalanche game, obviously. Uh, but we went to Elway's for dinner. That was very good. Didn't get to meet him, but I wasn't expecting to come on, uh, but still a very good time. All right. So overall though, beyond me, cause this show isn't about me. Uh, what's going on with the avalanche? You just have to feel good about where they are and where they are going. And yes, I know one game was against Vancouver, but the other game was against the team who was playing particularly well in San Jose. Is, is this more of what we are going to see going forward from the avalanche? We'll talk about that and then some, but first we're going to hear from built bar and you've been hearing me talk about Built Bar for a long time, and you've been hearing me talk about Built Bar recently about Thanksgiving and how Thanksgiving can be the time when your diet gets off the rails if you have one or if you're using the Thanksgiving and holiday season as a time to turn your diet around. But Thanksgiving throws a wrench into all that, especially with the desserts. And a slice of pie and desserts for Thanksgiving can be upwards of 300 calories on the low end, while most Built Bars have only 130 calories while having four grams of sugar and plenty of protein. So feast on something delicious for Thanksgiving and feel good about it. They are low calorie, low carb, low fat, and high in protein. And if you're a sweets and a chocoholic person, they are covered in 100% real chocolate, which is still good for you. So Bilt Bar is a great option for when you are hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, you can start the Bilt Bar diet now and have one or two. Throw them in your bag or your purse when you go to work and have a nice little snack halfway through the day. So there's nothing like a Bilt Bar 
And there's nothing like Built Bar Black Friday. So mark your calendars. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises from Built Bar. And you, right now, you can go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Once again, that promo code is LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay. So the abs, yes, they've been up and down <clears throat> this season. Sometimes they look good. Sometimes they follow it up with a poor performance. Injuries across the board. Can't use that as excuses as we haven't been for the past few years. Some guys not playing up to their potential. Other guys kind of uh, overperforming and playing above their potential, which obviously you love to see keep that going as long as possible. But you're getting a, a good feeling over the last two games anyway. And I know that's a short sample. But when you're only playing like 12 games in November, you kind of have to go off of your most recent games. You go off your recent games anyway, but when you have a, a, a blowout game like you did <clears throat> against Vancouver, 7-1, followed up with a 6-2 game against San Jose, great. The scores are great. They, they, they've played well in those games. Power play is better. Um, what they get? I think they got like five or six power plays in the game against San Jose. And no, here, let me get to it. Um, let's see the stats. So power plays, they were one for five. Again, not the best, but they were getting looks. You want to see, like I was, we were talking the past several weeks, how zone entries were atrocious. Like you just wanted to see that. You want to see incremental improvements in areas, especially in the power play. And for me, it was just getting in the zone, getting in the zone, setting up a play, cycling the play around, getting a shot on net. I just wanted to see one of those things happen. One of them being in just, you know, you got to get into the zone to have, have anything working. And they were at least doing that against San Jose. They did have some looks. I think, I think both of the the shots that went off the post or crossbar, I believe both of those were during power plays. Maybe the Confer one wasn't. I could be wrong on that. But uh, I, either way, even if they weren't, we're not. Uh, I, 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 I felt better about the looks. And San Jose has a very good penalty kill. So, yeah, they were one for five. But look at it from a bird's eye view and say, like, were they generating good looks? And I think that they were. So that's the next step in the progression to get the power play up a little bit more. And, and now you might just start seeing because now they're getting at least confidence that they can get the puck in the zone and, and start a play and start cycling. And, and now, now the, the goals should come. And they did not continually run that drop back pass. They did, they, they, they were, there were a couple of times where they, were, they would just go. Nothing special. There was one time I think it was Landeskog had, had the, the puck on a stick and he just went into the zone and I'm sitting there. I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> they made it and they didn't have to do a drop back pass. And it's amazing how you can just do something that simple because the other team is expecting you to do what you've always done. So um, I, I, yes, I thought the power play looked better. Forget that they were one for five. Uh, now you're going up again tomorrow against Vancouver who like, you know, the, the game prior, they're still horrible on the penalty kill. 
So now you want to use that and move forward and really take advantage of their poor penalty kill. Outside of that, you're seeing players start to really get into the flow of a season. And how can you not feel good for Sam Girard? And I thought the the trade discussion for him was a little premature. Not outside of the Jack Eichel thing. I think, you know, to to to, to bring somebody in, if you were serious about getting Eichel, you're gonna have to give up something. And it's funny because I had this conversation with Kyle. And I told him that, and his response was, well, Vegas didn't give up that much, and he's right about that. What Vegas gave up would not have been anything near uh, you know, <clears throat> the, the stature of, of Samuel Girard. But I don't think Sam Girard is on the block to be traded. Maybe he was for Eichel, because like I said, if you're going to bring in a guy of his caliber, you got to give up something. And maybe he was the chip that the Avalanche were dangling out there <clears throat> that for whatever reason, Buffalo didn't want. And I think a lot of it still had to do with them not retaining any salary. But I don't think because if, <clears throat> and I don't, you know, it's, it's a big, we don't know for hundred percent sure if Gerard was that player available to Buffalo, but let's just say that he was, I don't think that just means they are, actively shopping Sam Girard. This is a team who has given Martin Kaup years to develop. Tyson Jost, years to develop. Even JT Comfer, years to develop. And you're seeing the benefits of Comfer this year. You're, you saw it last year with Jost. And Martin Kaup's jury's still out on him, but you know they're, they're not throwing him out there and just saying like, oh, you know, we're just going to trade you. Maybe they still do with him. I don't know. But the Avalanche don't pull the trigger on guy or pull the rug out from under their own players if they're not playing for playing well for a short amount of time. And that's what it's been for Sam Girard. Yeah, he didn't have a good playoff against Vegas. Who did? Outside of Brandon Saad. Who did? So you can't just say he had a bad playoff against Vegas and he's on the block because everybody should be then. And yeah, he didn't start this season off hot, but you have to give a guy like that some time, anybody, not just like that. You have to give anybody on team some time to just get into the flow of a season. And yes, sometimes guys take longer than others. Clearly it's taken longer for Sam Girard to get going. And over the past two games, he's done exactly that. A four-point game against San Jose. And what did he have against Vancouver? A two- or three-point game? Uh, Two-point game. So, I mean, he's on a three-game point streak. He had an assist against Columbus where, you know, they did not play well in those two games. Uh, And then two assists against uh, Vancouver. And then the goal and three assists against San Jose. So he is starting to come around. Look. The Avalanche signed him to a seven-year contract. This is the second year of that seven-year contract. The Avalanche are not turning tail on a guy like that if he's just off to a slow season. I think, you know, again, could he have been out there for Eichel? Yeah, and I, I would have understood that. 
I wouldn't have liked it because I love Sammy Gerard. He's one of my favorite players on the team. But uh, I don't feel that the Avs are now just actively shopping him. If we've learned anything from this Avalanche team is that they are patient with their players. And like I said, you've seen it with Comfer. You've seen it with Jost. Why are they just suddenly just going to say like, well, he's off to a slow start. Let's get rid of him. I don't think the Avalanche operate that way. Um, and there's another guy who's just stepping up. Two guys, actually. Um, we'll talk about them. I got I to gotta get a, a break in here. So let's hear from Ben Online, and then we'll talk about couple other guys who are, are really, really stepping it up. So bet online, we are back and better than ever with a new web interface for the start of the basketball season with more prop bets, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all of your sports action for their respective seasons. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, well, baseball's over, but the next baseball season, the NHL, basket, or boxing, there we go, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. It's where the game starts. It's betonline.ag. All right, so, yeah, we talked about Sammy Gerrard, uh, and how you just, you know, when, when you start playing that, you just start to see the confidence building. Um, and you're seeing that also with Logan O'Connor, we talked about in the beginning. And you're seeing it with Nazem Kadri. And I think a lot of people were, were had, had a, a, you know, were focused on Kadri going into the season. How was he going to respond after the suspension? You know, he's 31 years old. <clears throat> what, you know, the, was this going to be a year? Would he be trade bait if he got off to a slow start? Because he finished last year, regular season, not good. But a lot of people were giving him the pass going into the playoffs, thinking he could, you know, step it up in the playoffs. And we all know what happened. But Nazem Kadri has been one of the best players on the Avalanche this year. And kind of quietly, I would say. He's, he's leading the team in points with 14. Uh, you know, granted, Nathan McKinnon does have 10 points in four less games, but still, uh, even if McKinnon has played in those four games to play as many games played as Kadri has, which is 12, he'd probably be at least tied with him. If you're thinking McKinnon can get one point per game, you know, for, for four extra games that he's behind in Kadri and four points that he's behind in Kadri, he'd be at least tied. So Kadri with 14 points on the season is, is leading them. <clears throat> and I think he's on a six-game point streak. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, a six-game a six point streak with three goals and five, seven assists in those games. He's on a roll and you love to see that. And, and, you know, you, you heard a lot about how he was not going to change his style of play. He was not going to let that affect him. He didn't feel like it was a, a dirty hit. It was a, a hit that, you know, he didn't, I don't think he intended 
to, for, to, to knock the guy into his head, <laughs> but it happened. And I don't think because he, he felt like that was not intentional. Why should I, I change my style of play for an unintentional hit? Um, and you're seeing him and, and he, you know, he's, he had started off the season with a goal and an assist against Chicago. The next game against St. Louis had two assists and then went four games with nothing. Um, and was a minus in each of those games. It was a minus two, then a minus one, minus one, minus one. And then that's been it for him where he's not scoring. And since October 28th, he's scored in every game. So Nazem Kadri, I think kind of quietly is having a, a spectacular season for the avalanche. And when you have this many injuries, this is where the depth comes in. And this is what they got him for originally several years ago to be a solid second liner, shore up that second line, come up with scoring when it's needed. He's done all of that this year. And we want to focus on guys and rightly so of Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and now Bowen Byram, <clears throat> obviously Nathan McKinnon and Nazem Kadri's over here just doing his thing and quietly having one of the best seasons on the roster. And everybody wants to look at Logan O'Connor, who, again, is playing fantastic. And he has lifted himself up from a surefire fourth liner, which you were happy for him on the fourth line because you felt like he was, could have been one of the best players on the ice playing on the fourth line. And now he has ascended up now with – with uh, comfort out for up to a month. <laughs> Does he come up to the top line now? He very well could. I think he's practicing with, with the top line. I mean, it, it would either be him, Tyson Jost, or Alex Newhook. I think you would put... I mean, I think the way that Tyson Joseph is playing, I don't think he's warranted getting brought up into a top six role right now. But who, I mean, does, but does Alex Newhook? I mean, he's just came up as well. So it's not like he's really, but he did have a very nice goal uh, against San Jose. <clears throat> I don't know. I, do, do, I, I would be okay with keeping Tyson Jost down in a third line. Not because he's not playing, he's not playing great, but he's not playing horrible. But he has the experience. Have the experienced guy on the third line and have the more inexperienced guy. I know that sounds odd, but you have, but when you put him, if you put Alex Newhook on the second line with Burakovsky and Kadri, those two guys can just take him under the wing, say it's okay, just don't make any mistakes, and we'll be fine. If you put Newhook down on the third line, uh, then you have a lot of inexperience there and it could go bad, could go south quickly. But they still might do that. I don't know. Or, or you know, Burkowski still might come up to the top line as well, which is likely could happen. I don't know. And then you move uh, Miko to the center spot if you wanted to, which I don't like. I think Miko does way more damage uh, on the wings. So I, I would be fine with uh, O'Connor being on the top line. But if that happens, what an ascension for him from the year. And, and it's deserving. But 
you know, we all want to look at Logan O'Connor and say like, oh my God, like he's just having this spectacular season. He's having a good year. Don't get me wrong. He's playing. I love his work ethic. I love his compete level. Uh, but he's only got six points on the season. That's why I'm saying the Nazem Kadri 14 is this quiet. Just, I'm just going to play my game and produce. And you're not even going to notice it. Uh, I was shocked. I, I, didn't, I thought Logan O'Connor had a little bit more than that. But uh, he's got three and three for the season. So, But those are guys that are stepping up. They're stepping up because they have to. And when we keep talking about the avalanche depth, this is when the depth has to come through. Because the, the injuries, I, I'm giving up thinking the avalanche will ever be 100% healthy. I'm giving up. Because now you have... Uh, Nathan McKinnon out for three, three, we're not, maybe else two weeks and comfort out for up to a month. <laughs> Don't think that nothing else is going to happen within that month. Don't think that we'll first we'll get McKinnon back a couple weeks later, we'll get comfort back and then we'll be hundred percent healthy. I will believe that when it happens, you know, something else. Well, look at Byram. Byram got hurt. We don't know when he's going to be back. And that was not a, a nasty hit, by the way. Uh, I'm, I'm not going there. So, but now that they have 12 games under their belt, you're getting these guys, these depth guys that are starting to perform well. And not even depth guys. Look at Sam Girard. He's starting to put, perform well. You know, he's a top four talent on your team on the defensive end. That's going to shine through at some point. So, I, you know, <clears throat> we're, we're a month and a half into the season. And the Avalanche are starting to look like the team that we know that they can be. And you have a very favorable matchup going up against Vancouver again, which we will get into for tomorrow's show. That's going to be it for today, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, making this your first listen of the day. It is always appreciated. Head on over to Locked On NHL to make that your second listen of the day and get caught up on anything going on around the league. But for the Avalanche, me, that's going to wrap it up for the day. Always appreciate everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Get a hold of me if you have any thoughts on what was said here today. All right. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Stay safe. Have a good one. Go, Abs, go!